Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. On December 11th, 1995, driven by fierce 45 miles per hour winds, flames spread across the night sky over the gritty old city of Lawrence, Massachusetts, at Malden Mills, the factory that produced Polartec. At around 8 p.m., a boiler had exploded, consuming three of the company's century-old brick buildings in a wild inferno. Some 400 people had been working the graveyard shift. Miraculously, no one was killed. Aaron Feuerstein, third-generation owner and CEO of the company his grandfather had founded 90 years earlier, was here in Boston that night where his family had thrown him a surprise party for his 70th birthday. Who can imagine receiving that phone call? Back in Lawrence, it was like watching Rome burn, recalls his wife Louise. There were embers flying through the air that looked the size of basketballs. Malden Mills had offered a generous salary scale beginning at about $3 more per hour than similar plants and full benefits. But suddenly, 3,200 employees had lost their workplace. Only they hadn't. Three days after the fire at a local high school gym, Aaron Feuerstein made a stunning announcement. Not only would he rebuild his factory, he would continue paying salaries and benefits at a cost of $1.5 million a week. The mill workers roared in appreciation, and many of them wept. What, said Aaron Feuerstein, for doing the decent thing? An Orthodox Jew, he paraphrased a 2,000-year-old aphorism from the Jewish sage Hillel. In a situation where there is no righteous person, try to be a righteous person. Or in Yiddish, a mensch. When you put iron in a fire, what do you get? asked Mindy Gerwitz, Malden Mills consultant and the wife of Aaron Feuerstein's rabbi. She answered, you get steel. This story is 16 years old and I never tire of it. I never tire of Aaron Feuerstein's integrity. Define integrity. Before opening the dictionary, I come up with moral character, honesty, uprightness, living in principles, high ideals, 
with a congruency, as the Girl Scout law says, among thought, word, and deed. Merriam-Webster adds another definition, integrity. The state of being whole and undivided. In his book, Living a Life That Matters, Rabbi Harold S. Kushner writes, in German and Yiddish, Fürstein means firestone. It originally must have referred to a flint, a stone you would use to start a fire. But we might interpret Fürstein, the firestone, as the stone that survived the fire because it had integrity, because it was whole and not broken. It didn't burn. It was not destroyed. Rabbi Kushner speaks of integrity in terms of the soul. When your soul is divided, part of you wants to do one thing while part of you wants to do something else. You are at war with yourself. A person with integrity, on the other hand, strives to integrate their personality and heal any fracture in the soul. Rabbi Kushner writes, the person of integrity, the person whose soul is not fragmented, can do great things by concentrating all of their energies on a single aspiration. For the person of integrity, life may not be easy, but it is simple. Figure out what is right and do the right thing. There's something else not in the dictionary definition, a twin to undivided. To live with integrity, to embody an undivided soul, is to choose to live as far as possible without regrets. We pay attention, refining and clarifying our choices not to how they will play in the short run, but for the long haul. At 70 years old, Aaron Feuerstein's life was a study in integrity. He exercised for an hour every morning at 6 o'clock, jogging five miles every other day, usually reciting Hebrew psalms en route, as well as his favorite poetry, Shakespeare, Milton, Wordsworth, and Keats. Then he would go to work wearing a three-piece suit and running shoes. Joyce Feuerstein, our former neighbor in Cambridge, remembers that in her childhood summers, when it was 110 or 115 degrees in the factory, her father would sweat it out for two or three hours right in there with the bottom-of-the-line workers making sure things happened right. After putting in 10 or 12 hours at the mill, he would take a nap religiously, said Joyce, in a suit, all dressed like a corpse. This is integrity. I can't shirk my duty, said Aaron Feuerstein. There's a lot I have to do because there's somebody out there who's not working if I don't come through. He continued, I consider our workers an asset, not an expense. 
I have a responsibility to the worker, both blue collar and white collar. I have an equal responsibility to the community. It would have been unconscionable to put 3,000 people on the streets and deliver a death blow to the cities of Lawrence and Methuen. Maybe on paper our company is worth less to Wall Street, but I can tell you it's worth more. Aaron Feirstein's decisions were so spectacular that his story made it into dozens of business ethics textbooks and anthologies. Setting him apart from other CEOs of his era, standouts include AT&T with 44,000 layoffs and IBM with over 100,000 layoffs, his leadership was based on the guiding conviction of his beliefs, the courage of that conviction, and putting that conviction into action. Ten months after the fire, the Boston Globe reported on Aaron Feirstein's battle with insurance companies, government officials, competitors out to steal his customers, his own managers, and even himself to do something nobody in modern times had attempted, to rebuild a textile mill in an old New England city. Note the words, and even himself. As in, no matter what, integrity can necessitate some serious wrestling with an angel. A deep consideration of the costs of regret. He could so easily have chosen what everyone would have expected of another person at his age in his circumstances. To cash in the fire insurance payment and retire a wealthy man, or, like his competitors, to move the factory overseas to a cheaper labor market. But, his wife Louise said, for Aaron, I don't think there really was a choice. It would never have occurred to him not to rebuild. When we choose to live with integrity, to do the right thing, it's amazing what follows. Walden Mills set up temporary plants in old warehouses. Productivity soared. Before the fire, they had produced 130,000 yards of polar tech a week. A few weeks after the fire, it was up to 230,000. Our people became very creative, said Aaron Feirstein. They were willing to work 25 hours a day. The lesson, when we choose to live undivided, without regret, people want to share our vision. And it only takes one person, one person to say, I'm in, for a shared vision to be born. Referring to a very free translation of two lines from Faust, W.H. Murray, in his book, The Scottish Himalaya Expedition, 1951, writes, But when I said that nothing had been done, I erred in one important matter. We had definitely committed ourselves and were halfway out of our ruts. We had put down our passage money, booking a sailing to Bombay. This may sound too simple, but it is great in consequence. Until one is committed, 
there's hesitance, the chance to draw back, always in effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no one could have dreamt would have come their way. I learned a deep respect, he concludes, for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. More about regret. Some of you may know the end of the Malden Mills story, and it is not a happy ending. In November of 2001, the company declared bankruptcy, and Aaron Feirstein was replaced as CEO. In 2000, that reorganized company declared bankruptcy and was sold to a group that now operates under the name PolarTech. Some argue that ultimately Aaron Feirstein's idealism had no place in the realism of business competition. As a result of the high costs of rebuilding a state-of-the-arts facility, the company carried substantial insurmountable debt. Others conclude that the volatility of the textile industry combined with three warmer-than-usual winters in the late 1990s, which depressed the sales of cold-weather garments, meant that the market situation not his kind heart, is what ended Aaron Feirstein's run as a textile industry leader. There is no right conclusion. But in a March 2009 interview on CBS's 60 Minutes, he was asked the question on everyone's mind, knowing the end of the story, would he have made the same choices? Aaron Feirstein answered by speaking not to the business of his decisions, but to the state of his soul. Yes, he said, it was the right thing to do. No regrets. Beloved spiritual companions, as we journey forth into this new year, I invite you to join me in a deep consideration of integrity. Let's make this the year of no regrets. Alone and together, may we choose to live a life in which our soul is not fragmented, but whole. Choose to do the right thing, not just for the moment, but for the long run. Choose to live a life of integrity, undivided, no regrets. <laughs>